Uh, so Jesus feeds the 5,000, um, and then he withdraws onto mountain, and then the disciples uh, leave the area that they were at where they fed the 5,000 men. Jesus comes to them and walks on water, and then the very next day, uh, the crowd formed around Jesus because they were still following him because, you know, they wanted food and stuff like that. And um, so this crowd formed. Jesus said that he is the bread of life and that um, he is from heaven and, and all these other things. And he's saying this controversial stuff to the these Jewish people, um, saying that he's he's better than their uh, forefathers and everything like that, better than uh, the people, you know, Moses, the, the big player in the, the Torah, uh, the the bread that he was given in Exodus that Jesus is better than that bread, and he is bread that comes from heaven. Um, but yeah, so now after that statement, um, yeah, so we're kind of after that, and then we're on to verse fifty-two. <clears throat> uh, then the Jews disputed among themselves, saying, "How can this man?" Give us his flesh to eat. Uh, so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and who died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Uh, verse 60, when many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then, uh, what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe, and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is, guarant unless it is granted him by the Father. Alright, fun stuff. A pretty big chunk, or a decent sized chunk. I don't know. I don't know if this is the case for y'all. I'm used to going at a, a in super slow rate when going through the Bible, like on Sundays and stuff like that. My pastor will like maybe max go through like four verses, <laughs> and like other Bible studies I have, we we really don't go like this. Would be the biggest chunk that we would do. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so verse 51, or 52, let's start there. Um, then disputed among themselves, saying, 
how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So, firstly, I guess, uh, I, I guess I'll read 51, because that's, it's the direct thing. Um, behind it. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And the Jews disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? A couple things in here. Um, I think one of them is in the word disputed. It gives off a more uh, let me check this. Uh, the the word began to argue um which is condensed down to disputed in the ESV but <clears throat> it kind of gives more of a a connotation of a physical argument maybe like something like pushing each other around like a a pretty pretty bad argument and this is this is definitely um uh something that would get uh, the Jewish people really riled up because like you weren't supposed to eat of flesh and blood. Uh, let let me see. Let me find the the verse. Uh, Genesis nine four, Leviticus seven twenty six. Uh, also Leviticus twenty seven seventeen. Uh, wait, Leviticus seven twenty six, and then twenty seven seventeen. What what is this whole number? You see, it, it, throughout a lot of places in the Old Testament. Sorry, the, these notes are kind of weird. Um, they, uh, it's kind of like forbidden to eat of the flesh of people, and this is something that, obviously, if someone who's claiming to be, like the son of God, and, and is saying to eat of him, that, that's kind of a weird thing. Um, but continuing on, uh, so Jesus said to them, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat." the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So one of the important things to uh, stress throughout this big chunk is um, that we are not physically eating the body of Jesus and his blood whenever we do like communion or something like that. Nor is Jesus calling them to take a literal bite out of his arm and to eat of his flesh. It's uh, definitely, and we've seen this a lot in John, is when he's referring to a more spiritual aspect, they see it as physical. You see this with Nicodemus, with um, the being born of the water and the spirit. He's like, how can I be like born through my mom's womb a second time? You don't want me to like crawl back up there or something. No, that's like, uh, there's a clear disconnect with the Jewish people on what Jesus is trying to say. And that's actually shown, I think, later uh in verse 63 when he said the words i've spoken to you are spirit and life um but yeah so this is not um this is not him saying for us to be cannibals um but yeah in what what this is um referring to is the cross um when he is, uh, and if you want to go to other passages of the Bible, you can look at things like being poured out as a blood sacrifice and stuff like that as referenced in Paul's letters. But um, his flesh being torn and broken and his blood being spilled out and us having belief in that in his resurrection is ultimately what 
this is talking about because it's um and it's kind of interesting not interesting it's very clear throughout all of this that he knows someone will betray him and he will eventually he knows about the cross and what will happen and the sacrifice that he is going to give um uh let's see Verse 54, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks of my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So, this is, um, this is the same as, uh, let's see, where's the reference here? Uh, <clears throat> so this is, uh, hold on, I'm trying to find a certain verse, um, Actually, let me go back to 53 second. Um, okay. So, th this is what my study Bible says about it that I wanted to include in it, but I forgot to read it. Um, this is in verse 53. Apart from personal union with the Savior through faith, there is no salvation. Jesus has already made clear that feeding on him as the bread of life entails coming to him and believing in him. And we, we see this a lot because John, uh, I think it's John, uh, I want to say five through, I think it's five through ten. It, it illustrates um, different metaphors of coming to faith in Christ. Um, one is being born of the water and the spirit and coming to him that way and then there's also uh being shown as the authority of life and then this is jesus showing us as showing himself as the bread of life all, all of them definitely show his roles uh, to us but they're all the all underlying messages coming to faith in him and being saved by faith in him through grace um yeah let's see I feel like I'm I'm going kind of fast, and I feel like I'm. It's hard to put this into words. I mean, are y'all are y'all y'all holding on fine? Or any questions yeah, so I'm, far? I'm... All right, oh. all right. Um, let's see. Verse fifty-four. Uh, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks uh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. It's obviously very reminiscent of the passage, the passages that we have been reading. This is all kind of one big segment of uh, the father drawing the son um, never letting go of and the Holy Spirit resurrecting um, and give, giving life in them and then also Jesus raising up on the last day it's all uh, it, it gets all to be kind of a, a complicated metaphor almost and also actions that are being had um but verse 55, for my flesh is true flu food and my blood is true drink. So when, um, when it goes more into this, definitely um, is just is making a distinction and a comparison to his um, the Old Testament uh, manna of how that would like the people ate of it and they, they ultimately died. They ultimately wouldn't live forever it wasn't a, a a manna that would keep you alive and youthful forever when jesus is talking about 
his flesh and his blood, he is talking about spirit. You have spiritual eternity. You're not going to have physical eternity. This is obviously not saying that that what that then they should eat him and then they'll live forever. It's 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 definitely speaking in a way more spiritual sense of you have eternal spiritual life. If you're a Christian and you die and you're one day given a new uh, heavenly body, that's not a physical body. That it's spiritual. It's it's not all um, it's not all physical. And I guess that's um that's that is a major stumbling block for I feel a lot of people, especially even during um the old um the during the early church, Christians were accused of cannibalism a lot of the time because of stuff like this because they they can't see past the 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 physical and whether whether people say so or not uh i think that they still have even today with all the spirituality and things like that they still don't even begin to have a grasp on spirituality and are rooted in the physical and they can't see past certain barriers like this is kind of one of the things where I feel like you have to be a Christian to really fully get it or to really fully understand it. Um, or else it's it's really it's really difficult. I'm not even sure if I fully understand all the inner workings of it. Some of this stuff gets complicated. Um let's see, verse fifty-six. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. So, um, I guess we kind of get into, uh, um, communion here about it, uh, let's see, um, I guess I'll, I'm not sure if either of you are Catholic, are you? No. No? Okay. So, the general Protestant idea of communion is, uh, is that that's a representation and a constant reminder and also a proclamation of faith. Uh, it's not um, that we are not saved by communion, that um, it is something that we do within a body of believers for, for those reasons. Um, the, the general Catholic consensus on communion is that it is the physical body and blood of Jesus. Um, I believe a, a priest says a prayer over it to make it like that. I don't know the inner workings. I've never personally been to Mass. I just know somewhat about Catholic theology through, you know, like online stuff. And thank God for the internet. Holy cow, there's so much information we can gather on so many different things. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Is, is there a different idea of communion with y'all in the churches that you go to? Or is it generally um. that idea? No. Well, like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it, in my church, it's kind of like it's a remembrance kind of thing, like at the Last Supper. You yeah, know, it's not not like the Catholics, you know, where it's we're eating the physical body of Christ. It's a symbolism kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like pretty much the same for us. It's like it doesn't save you or anything. It's like it's more of a time of reflection, and like, yeah. Uh, Jesus died for you. It's like a type of thing where it's very easy to take for granted the magnitude of what happened with him mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's, we use that as a time of just like 
really taking a step back and looking at it in its fullness. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's symbolic. Great, great. That's good. We're actually having um, communion this upcoming Sunday at our church. Oh, nice. And much... I'm going to take it twice, probably. Oh. Yeah, double holy. Uh, you're double saved. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, my church actually does it every week, which is every week. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. I yeah. think ours does it every quarter. I think is what it is. We do it every fifth Sunday. Nice. Uh, thanks for the fourteen bits, bits, Ash. I don't know why you're donating bits to a Bible study stream, but I still appreciate it. Um. <laughs> Let's see, what, what verse did I leave off on? Um, 50, doo, 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 doo. Uh, all right, 56, I think. Yo, yo, I missed you, Gusta. I missed you too, Ash. I'll eventually do a game stream. But right now, this is Bible time, all right? <laughs> all right. Um, whoever feeds on my flesh and, ble- and my blood abides in me, and I abide in him. So, obviously... Um, this part gets kind of wonky uh, because it's um, so since communion is a representation of like faith and uh, the Holy Spirit residing in you because we're we are called to um, work. Keep uh, alert. All right. See ya. Um, so communion. Oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Let me start over. <laughs> Uh, verse 56, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. So this part gets kind of wonky because um, it's uh, it's um, because it's not necessary. This isn't necessarily talking about communion. This can be um, it can be applied heavily to communion. But um, with the purpose of communion and why we are supposed to bar it from people who are not saved is uh, um is obviously what we said about the representation and also having faith in him it's a proclamation of that and um when you have a proclamation of that um that means that whenever uh, whenever communion happens and you've been called by the father you're a christian and that means that uh that the holy spirit resides in you so god uh, uh, there's two words for when you're talking about the Trinity, but I forgot. I think it's the economic Trinity and the something else Trinity. But God as the whole Trinity, just God, um, resides in you. And then when you come and uh, you take communion, um, whoever feeds on my flesh and abides in me, you are abiding in him. You are showing a proclamation of faith. And then... Uh, that he's obviously already in you because for you to take communion properly without being damned to hell, because I'm pretty sure uh, there's some pretty bad consequences for for taking communion without being a Christian. Um, <clears throat> that then he already abides in you. He he, uh, he is already in you, which sounds very complicated. I'm not. In a, I don't know if I'm doing it justice, but yes. <laughs> I don't know. Did that make any sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. 57. Um, 
As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is kind of wonky, and I don't really know how to address this part, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Um, there's not... There's not a whole lot helping me in this sense. Um... Uh, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, whoever feeds on me will also live because of me. Okay, so obviously the problem, not, I, I'm the, the problem that I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around is the, the first part of as the, as the living Father has sent me, and I live... Be okay, never mind. Sorry, I just was thinking out loud a bit. So this, this was kind of a part that was confusing me while I was looking it over, and I didn't really know how to handle it. Um, so I think there's a couple different ways that you can kind of take this. Um, so you can take it in the way of... Well, actually, um, so as the Living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, you could take it... At, I think the dangerous way to take it is that Jesus is, um, the spiritual Jesus is alive, you know, the, the godly Jesus, um, who resides in heaven without the duality of nature of both God and man, that's fully one nature of God, um, resides in heaven who lives only lives because of the Father. I think that that's not necessarily what this is saying. I think it's, um, talking about as the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father. So Jesus is on a mission because of the Father. Um, so the Father sent him. The G Jesus willingly obeys as and goes to Earth, and uh, the incarnation puts on flesh. John one one through eighteen, and um, he he is now carrying out his mission. That's been mentioned to multiple times in chapter six and chapter five. Uh, that the reason that Jesus is on earth is because of the Father and uh, send it in the Father sending him. Um, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. Yeah, so this is uh, then going to um, the kind of spiritual nature of uh, Christ being su a sustaining um, a sustaining sacrifice and a sustaining um, yeah, a sustaining spiritual sacrifice, unlike that of the Old Testament, where the sacrifices were not sustaining. You need Passover every year, and a high priest to do all the, all the sacrificing for the sins of the Hebrew people and stuff like that. But does that make sense? Because yes, I'm still wonky with it. I think so. Yeah, basically, like. <clears throat> As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. It's kind of his reasoning, not like his reason for being here on Earth, not mm -hmm. like the Father necessarily sustaining. Would the fa would that be saying like the Father sustains me? Yeah, so that's kind of the right. thing that is very yeah. weird, and which is why I think it's talking like yeah. that. Because you, I don't want to go on saying that that Jesus needs to be sustained by the Father, because they are all yeah. fully and equally God, and all di like three distinct persons right. of God. 
Um, if it makes sense in your mind, then we can continue. But if it doesn't, I'll try to sit here for as long as I can and go over it in my head more as well. Uh, we'll move on. Okay. We uh, can the, the thing with, like, the Trinity is, like, we can try all we want to explain it, but, like, our human minds can't fathom the magnitude of, like, that whole situation. And, like, whenever we try, we end up committing heresy. Yeah, that is very true. Fashion. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, we can try to understand it, but there's always going to be, like, question marks. Yeah, that's one of the things that's very frustrating with Christianity sometimes is that we cannot understand everything. And as a very, as a person who loves learning and loves to try to understand things, it is a, it's a massive shot in the ego. Just yeah. a punch right in the kidney of, <laughs> it's no, you are not smart enough, nor will you be ever smart enough to really, truly understand it. And you have to be like, oh, okay, it's, it's a lot. All right. Verse 58. Uh, this bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died, whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So, bread that the fathers ate and died, that is a manna in Exodus, and, um, yeah, the ultimate physical death. It did not... This bread also did not ensure a spiritual life, which is... Obviously, the people will st were still being led astray they still had like golden calves and things like that they're still led to idolatry this was not a a death that um that made um the old testament people regenerate or this is not a a, a bread that made the old testament people regenerate but uh, so you have this this physical and spiritual side but then when you flip over to the whoever feeds on this bread will live forever you flip over to the spiritual aspect of it and saying that jesus sacrifice is a better like is a fully redeeming sacrifice and that you will live forever spiritually you will not have spiritual death and it's kind of showing it's kind of confusing in this way but it's showing kind of a duality there um but yeah then 59 jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at capernaum all right so that is um we're about halfway through, I think. Something like that. Uh, so the Bible, the ESV translation, uh, cuts this up. So it's at, at verse 59, it says it's a new kind of thing. I assume because it's talking a bit of, of a bit of a different thing if it's switching the conversations directly from the Jews to then the disciples. But let's continue because it's fun. Um, quick question. Go ahead. Where would Capernaum be? This is um, a good question. I'm assuming it's on the other side of the Sea of Tiberias, if I'm remembering correctly. Let me see. Sea of Tiberias. And so they were on the other side of that sea. Um, but let me see if I can... Let me see if I can find a image of a map. John's uh, images. Uh, uh, okay, this works. Uh, 
this is just a, a quick find. Um, don't... I'm not sure how super accurate it is. I'm assuming that's fine. So, uh, I guess this kind of shows... Cana. This kind of shows the... The, um traveling of Jesus, I guess, from Nazareth to the wedding of Cana, Tiberius, and then they were at that sea. I don't know where Magdala plays in. That might just be a city. But the, So then they go to the a different part of... This is called the Sea of Galilee. I think it's called both in the book of John, or it's referred to as both. Um, so Capernaum is a bit up there. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay, and then, all right, this is now switching over to Jesus talking directly to his disciples. Fun. Uh, let's see. Oh, lost my page. There we are. Uh, verse. All right. When many of his disciples heard it, uh, they said, this is a hard saying who can listen to it. And... Yeah, it is kind of true that this is a bit of a a hard saying, like I said, of even the disciples are um uh that even the disciples are um kind of misunderstanding at parts, especially when you see uh it's it's shown that they aren't really understanding verse 62 as well. Uh, the Son of Man ascends before them. Obviously, it'd be very hard for them to understand because they don't know that the cross is going to happen yet and that he's going to ascend after the resurrection. Um, but Jesus definitely knows. Um, let's see. So yeah, it's it's a difficult message to take as well as a difficult message of um kind of salvation uh through even if you take it the right way, it's a difficult thing to hear uh that like that the salvation is being brought through such a bloody manner and it should be a sad thing to us um or something not necessarily well, yeah, sad. It's it's the greatest tragedy in history, but it's also used. God used it for our salvation. That being saved this way is so like brutal. Being like just beaten mercilessly and put on the cross till you're dead is a kind of kind of really brutal. But let's move on to uh, verse. 61 but jesus knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this said to them do you take offense at this so this kind of shows as well um kind of uh i guess jesus's understanding of the thoughts of other people um let's see gives a couple examples uh of uh, uh, kind of later in this in verse 64 and verse 70 as well um, but let's see. Verse 62. Um, then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? So, uh, send, um, hold on. 
Yeah. So, ascending after the crucifixion, uh, this again shows future knowledge of uh, Jesus, but also Jesus came from heaven. You know the the um, what's it called? Man, I'm having some poo brain right now. I keep on losing my train of thought. Um, incarnation, putting on flesh, when he then ascends to heaven, you know, mission uh, complete, or a mission well done, or mission accomplished, and sit at the right hand of the Father. Um, uh, then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Yeah. So, um... Spirit there. Is Spirit referring to, like, the Holy Spirit? I think so. Let's see. Okay. It, uh, the Spirit gives life. Let's see. What's, um... Now this is where, uh... I guess Blue Lair Bible would come in hand. Andy of, let's see, the third person that try and got the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, I think that is what it's referring to. The Spirit who gives life to flesh is no help at all. Uh, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Um, yeah, I think so. All right. <laughs> uh, I knew like there was some place like my commentary pointed out like in James or something where spirit wasn't referring to spirit like the Holy Spirit but like your flesh and so I knew that could get like weird sometimes so the thing um, that I'm not sure one spirit's capitalized in here and one spirit yeah, is same. not capitalized and I did not look I think they might be the same they're the same root word same, but uh, I don't root know word, root word. Josh do you know Josh is not in this this crease in my stream Josh Wayne. The first instance is referring to the Holy Spirit. The second instance is referring uh, is basically a combo to emphasize the point that could be stated as breath and life, calling us back to Genesis in the way that God breathes life into man. Hmm. Wonderful. All right. Nice. <clears throat> All right. Uh, verse 64. But there are some of you who do not believe... So this is another instance of Jesus knowing the heart of people. Um, for Jesus knew from the beginning uh, who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. Yeah, people are going to betray him. Uh, I guess namely Judas, eventually. Um, but yeah. Uh, verse 65, And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to the Father unless it is granted him by the father um so definitely it's a, it's impossible to come to god without a calling from the father and um i guess th that's definitely been a, a a stressed point of this pass of the passage beforehand 
Let's see. It's uh for this assembly during life and orgasm. Uh, let's see. And the Father gives me, and all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I'll never cast out. Uh, yeah, a lot of this stuff is emphasizing that um, the that you can't come to him unless it is granted by the Father. But, hold on. Oh, that, that's about it. Any any questions or anything that we need to go back to? So what do you mean by, like, God grants them... Like, what do you, what do you mean by that? By God calling people to him? Or yeah. to Jesus? So that's kind of um, uh, a theme with this passage, and I'm not sure if you were here last week when we went over a lot of stuff, were you? I, I can't remember. Yeah, I was. So, it's, um, it's referring to that of, uh, the whole thing of, of predestination and God, uh, calling people to Jesus, and that whatever, essentially, calling us out of our, um, out of our snare of the devil, I think that's how Second Timothy, uh, 3 puts it, um, that we are in a snare of the devil and that we can't escape unless granted repentance by the Father, as well as just in John. Let me find the exact verses that we went over. Uh, so verse 37, John six thirty-seven: All that the Father gives to me, gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. So there's a sense of the Father calling out and then giving to God, because when he calls to them... Uh, come to to Christ for salvation uh as will him send me uh for this is will everyone looks upon the sun so I'm just kind of scrolling through this and finding each verse no one can comes to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day we have to be drawn out of sin or we have to be we have to be drawn to the father to really desire him okay if that makes sense yeah so when little kids get saved then do you think that's just like you know how like little kids like yeah they they say that they're saved but like, there's some things that like kids can't understand or like fathom at a certain age do you think that that is actual salvation um it it really it depends. I, I can't say for certain. Um, it's uh, it's not something that I think is for us to to determine um, okay. the salvation. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, it's it's very individualistic things. Mm -hmm. I guess. And that's one of the things where we can judge each other as Christian brothers for accountability reasons of trying yeah. to get them not to sin, but judging. Uh, salvation and stuff like that is kind of a no-no. Mm -hmm. um, the the reason I, I asked that question was because my testimony revolves a lot around like me not understanding what being saved really is. Mm -hmm. So like I was never actually saved when I thought I was, mm. and then me truly understanding what it meant and feeling that call. 
So, yeah, and that gets kind of complicated. Of, uh, I don't know. It's 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 really complex and yeah, and something difficult. We don't we don't have to, to get do. into it. I just yeah, yeah. Curious. Um, I guess I can ask Josh because uh, Josh, he's someone in my Twitch chat. He he discipled me for a bit. And he's a great guy. Uh, he's now a youth pastor. Uh, let, let's see what he has to say about where is it? Uh, uh, verse fifty-seven. Uh, I don't know if you're still in the chat, Josh, but as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. Whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. What what's kind of your? How would you explain the first kind of half of that? Uh, read that it again. Verse, uh, verse fifty-seven. As the living Father sent me. And I live because of the Father. Whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. That's what we were kind of dwelling on earlier. Yeah. Um, I don't want to necessarily go back to it for too long, but if Josh has any input to share, that would be great. Um, um, but yeah. Go ahead. I think... Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're... Did Winston verse, have something uh, to say? Verse 65, where it says, like... <clears throat> Therefore, I've said to you, no one can come to me unless the Father is granted him. Um, doesn't that kind of like come to blows with verses like, say, for instance, Romans three twenty-two, where it says, "Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus to you, all who believe, like all who believe on Christ, shall be saved." Romans three twenty-two. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, I think somewhere around uh, there. But now the righteousness of God has manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a prop. I don't know how to say that word. Uh, by his blood, propitiation. That's how you say it. Um, as a propitiation by his blood, to be received by faith. This way, to shows God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over his former sins. I would say no. Um, that it doesn't necessarily go against that. Um, because it's not saying. Um, what's it called? for all who believe it's not saying that um so a better way to put it it's too much to type on that one patrick okay um he's talking about the, the verse 57 or whatever i'll talk to him later about it though don't you forget josh uh so the father calls and then that makes us believe in a sense of so there's also the thing I'm free to hop in and explain it here. Let me um, let me get Josh in here. Uh, crap. What's your Discord name, Josh? Sorry to to cut this uh, abruptly. Uh, but I will continue explaining after a second. Dat postmill. That's what it is. Where are you, Mister Dat postmill? There you are. Uh, this might take a bit, or not too long. Might be 
Trends that post mill invite. So I sent you an invite. Uh, just type anything in registration, Josh, and I can get you in here. I can, yeah. So, um, kind of the thing with it is. That's not saying the second step of what's happening, because you would kind of, if you perceive it in a step system of first God calls, well, hang on, I have to verify myself by phone. Okay, first God calls, and then we have faith in him because God is calling us to him and we believe in him type thing. Stating the second step doesn't necessarily negate the first step, if that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm getting very distracted. Um, I do apologize. Let's see. Uh, if Josh can, how long it takes Josh to get in here to try to <laughs> talk about verse fifty-seven? Do y'all have anywhere to be, or is this uh, this being drawn out uh, too long? All right, thick. Uh, any other questions that we could try to go over while? We're waiting. Take that as a no. Okay, I typed in <laughs> registration. Okay. Typing Justin. All right, Josh. Uh, questions. I'll give you. And oh, there he is. There's the boy. Bible study notification. There you go, Josh. I'll be back in uh, just a minute. Oh. How are you doing, Josh? I think Josh is dead. I don't, I don't know what happened. Oh, your mic. Okay. Surprise guest, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I guess we have to get, wait for Winston to get back, anyways. Kind of. I don't know. I think I'm the one with the most confusion on it, honestly. What are you confused about? I don't know. I just don't know how to... <laughs> I don't know if I'm properly explaining it. And I don't want to mis-explain it. Yeah. And speak wrongly. You have your mic yet, Josh? Everyone's waiting on you.
Doing stuff. Yes. does it's very loud though can turn you down right. he pauses how are you doing josh pretty good you're a um, your surprise special guest yeah i will i saw you were streaming and i saw that the title was bible study so oh. i wasn't doing anything important i just got home from work did you see me making yeah, mistakes so you're like Got to use me as a lifeline or offered yourself as a lifeline. Well, you you were self-admittedly struggling. It wasn't that I was yeah. like, oh, I screwed it up. But you were just, I was like, oh, well, let me just let him know I'm here. If he wants, I can help out. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll wait for confirmation that Winston's back. Yeah. See how was work today. That was all right. It wasn't bad. Nice. Nothing crazy happened, so. Well, you still edited in Bibles? Yep. We're okay. working on the new version of the NASB. Nice. It's a new edition coming out next year. How does that even work for stuff like that? Or it's... Translation committees. Ah. They summon them, and then they make revisions um, based on different kinds of criteria sometimes. It's good criteria, like new manuscript evidence. Sometimes it's uh, bad criteria, like we want to make the language more inclusive. Oh. Uh, that's what the NIV did in 2011. God is a woman. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, is this a good criteria or a bad criteria? Uh, I think based on what I've seen so far, they're wanting to make it more readable, which I think is fine. Okay. Um, the NASB is one of the more stilted translations, so it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder to just kind of read, especially out loud. And English doesn't flow very well. I think that's most of what they're focusing on. 
I'm not sure yet. I haven't gotten to look at most of it, and I can't actually talk about it because it's not released. But oh, you know. dude, I'm streaming. Why would you disclose this information? <laughs> Non-disclosure agreements, <laughs> just broadcasting yeah. it. Yeah, no, I, I can. Well, I, I can say that we're working on it because it's probably information that it's, exists. Okay. All right. Yeah, Winston appears to be back. Appears to be at least. Yeah. Well, hello, Winston. Hello. I'm Josh. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So, what are we talking about? I missed some of it while I was trying to get the mic working because I muted your stream. Uh, verse 57, the beginning part. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. But mainly that okay. that first part. Yeah, so... Um, so you can take that one of two ways, or both ways. Um, I think it's both ways. Um, there's obviously ways that you don't take it, right? Which is something like... Jesus didn't have life before the incarnation or something, you know, that's not right. Um, so there's a doctrine called the eternal generation of the sun. And the idea behind that is that um, the father has always been the father, which means the son has always been the son. The persons of the Trinity, particularly these two, have always had this father-son relationship and that there is a eternal begottenness to the son. Um, the early church fathers talk about this quite extensively and it can get kind of confusing listening to them. So I'll try to condense that. Um, <clears throat> but essentially the idea is that the father and the son have a eternal relationship um, as father and son and that the son derives his sonship from the father um, he's eternally begotten and so there's no point in the past in which he becomes the son um, that's not the, that's not what's happening here um, but that there is a sense in which he could say i live because of the father and that would be true um, even in his you know pre-incarnate uh pure God, no second human nature added to his divine nature. Um, even in that sense, he could have said that and it would have been true. Um, and that goes back to the author of Hebrews uses the Psalms. Um, I forget the exact number of the Psalm off the top to demonstrate this, where he says, you know, you are my son today. I have, today I have begotten you. And the author of Hebrews goes on to show this, this begetting is eternal. Um, so yeah, so that's one way you could take that verse. I think it's more likely that it's closer to what Justin pointed out, where he's just saying like, I got my human nature directly from the father, right? Because he has no earthly father. Um, there was no, you know, earthly dude where he derived that human nature from, um, this is the whole point of the virgin birth. So, um, because a part of the controversy in John, as you'll see in the next chapter, um, is that people are questioning Jesus's origin. Um, it's part of the big deal that 
the enemies of Jesus and John make is, you know, he comes from Galilee. Um, isn't the Messiah supposed to come from Bethlehem? He can't be the Messiah because he's from Galilee and only, and they're really racist about it. Because, so, you know, Galilee is known for being kind of Samaritan territory. And so uh, they don't like Samaritans because they're half-breeds um, between Jew and Gentile. And so they're like, ah, he must be, um, you know, the son of a Roman guard and Mary, basically, is the assumption that people make. Is there some kind of illicit relationship or maybe even a case of rape, things like that. And that's, uh, that's where they assume that Jesus came from and that Joseph covered it up with the marriage. Um, and so those accusations will come. And so Jesus saying, my life is from the Father, um, is pointing back to his origin. Um, I came from above. I came from the Father. I came down to do his will. I didn't come. No man sent me. The Father sent me. I was not sent by a prophet. I was not sent by anyone else but the Father. Um, so that's uh, the angle that you can look at it from. I think is I think that the eternal generation of the Son is a thing. I think it's taught in Scripture. I don't know if I would go to this verse for it, but it could be alluding to that. But I think it's more likely that he's just talking about um, the beginnings of his human nature and uh, how that all got started. And it started with the Father sending the divine person of the Son to take on that human nature. Um, and so his human nature derives its life directly from the Father. Nice. Very epic. <laughs> I appreciate that. That um, that helped yes. clear up the confusion. In Is my that mind. helpful? Yeah, I guess um, I didn't know about the eternal generation thing. I I haven't heard of that before. So that's interesting. Um, well, uh, a thing to consider is that like the Trinity has always existed. It hasn't been just god at one point like just the father at one point so like people often like just assume or like their brain just kind of goes in that direction that there was only one god or like one entity i guess that was there during creation or before creation but like the trinity has always been the trinity and so like those relationships have always existed and like you got to keep in mind that Jesus has always been there. So he was there during creation. So was the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, like, just him being born as a baby and stuff, like, you, you got to understand that, like, he was still Jesus before he was born. And he's Jesus after he died, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Very epic. I think this was a good Bible study. It definitely lasted quite a while. Around an yeah. hour, that was fun. I'm glad yes. Josh could stop by. Not gonna lie, I got I got nervous when you um when you said that you were there. Like, oh man, he's uh. I, I held off for a while intentionally. I didn't want to make you nervous, but uh, it you know it happened. Dude, uh, sorry about that. No, it's it's fine. I um I should not be nervous during it. <clears throat> but you know, you're, you're doing good, man. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Well, let me pray for us. Is there any like prayer requests before we end it or anything like that? Um, pray that my dogs don't, or my dog and my sister's dog don't maul each other, you know? Okay, yeah. It'd be preferable. Good. What about you, Darnell? Got anything? Um, just relationship stuff, like, 
me and my girlfriend are going to be like five hours away once we move into college and so pray that that works itself out some way all right what about you josh or dat post mill you, you can come with josh he's fine <laughs> poor choice of my discord name i'll be honest you can uh, change it oh i can i should do that uh anyway um well you mentioned that i was a youth pastor that's actually not true anymore <laughs> wait really so, yeah, uh, my last day was early this week. Some stuff went down oh, at the church. So Dang. Um, just be praying for that church and everything involved with that. And um, I needed to talk to you and the boys about it anyway soon. So I need to make the rounds. So we can talk about it after if you want. Um, yeah, soon. sure. But, That'd be great. Um, All right. But yeah, just, just be praying for that church. Um, and I don't want to mention the names since we're live streaming. Yeah. Um, uh, they've got some stuff going on that they, they need prayer for. So. Okay. Well, uh, dear Lord, uh, I just thank you for this time that we're able to study your wonderful word, God, and just uh, have truth poured into our hearts, Lord. Um, I pray for the people here, and I pray for uh, the rest of the week being able to stay in constant prayer and study of your word, Lord. Um, I pray for Winston and his uh, dogs to get along and not to kill each other, because uh, it's generally preferable. Preferable, God. Um, I pray for Darnell and um, and just in relationship, uh, just being moved far away, Lord, that uh, they'll still be able to grow closer to you, Lord, and grow grow closer to each other, and just have uh, a loving relationship in that way god um i pray for josh and just the church that he was a part of uh that the church will be able to become healthy again and deal with its uh its problems that's currently going through lord uh also pray for josh and uh just moving on from it lord that you will uh, have his resolve be strong lord and just still continue to glorify you god um, yeah, I just pray for all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen.